Hey there, believers. It's Thanksgiving week, so you know what that means. Black Friday is coming up, and we all got to go do some shopping. And you know that I've been trying to promote small businesses. So I was thinking that uh, before I get this episode started, I need to call my dad real quick and line up a uh, little shopping trip that my wife don't know about so I can go out and get her something nice. So just hold on the call. Hello. Hey, Dad. What's going on, man? Just hanging out. Hey, are you planning on doing any Black Friday shopping this year? If I have to. <laughs> okay. Well, Jess is wanting something unique for Christmas. So I was thinking that you and I could sneak off to Braxton County and check out some of their stores. I went to BraxtonWV.org and checked it out already. They have the Everything Fiesta store for the, the West Virginia made dishware. They have the Flatwood Center Mall. They have uh, Sisters Antiques, the Bear Heaven Gift Shop. Flatwoods? As in Flatwoods Monster? Yeah. Yeah, we can go to the Flatwoods Monster Museum, too. Or we can say we're going Black Friday shopping and go looking for that Flatwoods Monster. Oh, my gosh. You always get me into some kind of adventure. Uh, first, just go to BraxtonWV.org and check out their shops for me. If we have time, we can go monster hunting again. Let's see. BraxtonWV.org. Got it. Wait. People see Bigfoot there, too. Oh, my gosh. Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face -face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got a really intense episode for you today. Uh, this is part one of two with Will. Um, you'll recognize him if you're a member of or a listener to Sasquatch Chronicles because he was on episode 499, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Super scary episode. A lot of people said that it was their favorite or the scariest that they had ever heard, but Will felt like it was incomplete um, only because... People gave him a lot of criticism over his show. Uh, it's no fault of Wes's by any means. It's just that when Will was given some his account, people started trying to pick him apart. So he reached out to me, 
said that he had some stuff to get off his chest. He wanted to clear the air, and I'm all for it, man. So I went ahead and, you know, we've been working together for two or three months trying to get this, you know, this show out, but our schedules just didn't line up. But long story short, Will's on here. Um, he's going to go over uh, a lifetime of encounters with Sasquatch. Uh, I'm going to have him back on definitely down the road to talk about some other stuff. But uh, we we get into it here. If you want to know what Sasquatch looks like, um, his account, he's seen him up close and personal. He's seen him dead. He's seen him alive. Uh, he's had to pick up the pieces behind him. And that's what we're going to talk about. So sit back, relax. If you have young ones, you might not want them to listen to these two episodes. Um, it's your call. But I don't want them to get too scared of being in the woods. So I hope you enjoy it, and we'll go ahead and get into it right now. Well, man, you know, you had a lot to talk about on Wes's show. Uh, you said you had some stuff you wanted to clear up. I am an open book, buddy. Whatever you want to talk about, wherever you want to start at. If you want to start chronologically, if you want to talk about recent to oldest i don't care if you want to just hit highlights of your favorite stuff to talk about it's your show i'm just going to sit back with my phone on mute for the most part and i'll jump in with questions and comments and stuff um well i mean i mean you know but but basically the the one thing that i want to clear the the one main thing that i do want to clear up is on uh wes's show i think it was 4.99 dead men tell no tales People just didn't understand what I was talking about when I said that, you know, what happened to the guy, and then, you know, they said it was a wolf attack. You know, it didn't happen in North Carolina. I wasn't in North Carolina when that happened. That was, I was in a different state. So, therefore, no, North Carolina has not had any, uh, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for exactly. reported or documented or recorded wolf attacks in oh, 60 years or so, but there has been in other states. Right. And, you know, and, and that was just a big to do on, on the uh, forums on Sasquatch Chronicle, people saying, you know, that, you know, he's lying because there's, there's not been any reported wolf attacks in North Carolina for 60 years. Well, I never said that. The first in, the encounter story that I gave Wes happened in North Carolina when I was you know little on the Cherokee reservation. And then we moved on. And I even said, okay, and, and uh, Wes was like, okay, well, tell me about the, the guy that got attacked. And, I, you know, I said, well, you know, to, for, for privacy reasons of the family members of the man, I wasn't going to say what state, but it wasn't in North Carolina. And it's just, it just like people just blatantly ignored the whole not North Carolina thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, people do that on every type of forum, you know, whether it's, you know, Sasquatch related, which we eat our own on on Sasquatch talk. Oh yeah. But, you know, it it don't matter what it is, man. It can be, you know, political. It can be just uh, homeopathic medicine. There, there's going to be differences of opinions. People just love to pick things apart. You know, looking for holes in anything. Uh, well, you know, is the, the the whole thing with you know UFOs and aliens, Sasquatch. Paranormal and, and you know, in general, you know, you can't really sit back and say, well, I don't believe it because it doesn't fit my narrative. 
because right. nobody's experiences fit each other's narratives. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you may have a you know an experience like Travis Walton did, the exact same way, maybe even in the exact same field. And then you tell the story, and somebody will go, "Well, that's not how that happened." Well, yeah, it is because it happened to you. <laughs> right, right. I I say that all the time. You know, especially with, I had a couple of guests on that people wanted to you know judge. And I would tell them, look, reality is subjective. What's real for me is not necessarily real for you. Uh, it's it's a it's on our own perception and the way we live our life, you know. So yeah, you're right. You are definitely right. Uh, now, as as far as the encounters that I've had, man, I've, I mean, I've I've had encounters with Sasquatch. You know, growing up on on the, uh, I'm I'm Cherokee. I am uh, you know full blooded registered with the uh, Eastern Band of Cherokee. And, you know, we had encounters with them all the time on the reservation. Now, when you say Cherokee Reservation, the first thing that pops into people's mind is, you know, Harris Casino and the little shops and stores all throughout the town. That's not Cherokee. That is actually, that town actually has a name. I still don't know it to this day, but it's not actually Cherokee. That town has a name. It's it's right outside of Chimney Rock. And that's not Cherokee. Cherokee is like 15 miles I want to say east of there, if I'm, you know, thinking in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it's all woods, mountains, that's Cherokee. <laughs> right. But, you know, that's where I grew up. I grew up, I want to say, 30 miles back in the sticks, man. I mean, you know, if if, you're, if your parents didn't know anything about, you know, some type of homeopathic medicine or something or traditional medicine and you got hurt, you were dead. Because by the time you could actually get in contact with the paramedics, you wouldn't make it. That's just how far out we were. I mean, we didn't have running water for the first ten years of my life. Uh, the the bathroom was a, a hole dug in, you know dug in the ground with you know the, uh, the old outhouse style. We were way 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 back in the sticks. And I mean, my family in general. They were the go-to for the entire tribe because my grandfather was the medicine man. My dad was on the was on the council. My mom was on the council. Um, grandmother, of course, too. A couple of aunts, uncles, whatever. And my grandfather was actually training me to be a medicine man. He died before my training, you know, was finished. And then the next medicine man that was in line. I I really didn't know the guy because he was from a different family. But he took over, and then he took over my training, and he completed my training. And to this day, I am a practicing medicine man. Now, a lot of tribes, medicine men, do do not talk about it, and they don't, you know, just openly proclaim themselves because they said they they get bad publicity. But the way I look at it is, is if I can do something to help you, whether it be on a spiritual level, level or a medicinal level, I'm there. I'm for helping my fellow man, and that's the reason why I finally came out and I started talking to Wes and other people, and started talking about my experiences with Sasquatch and aliens. And well, I'm not going to say aliens because there's the jury's still out on whether that's us from the future or not. Hey, but, there you, <laughs> there you, that, that, that's my thought on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm from the backwoods, but you know, uh, people. The one thing that people don't know about me is, yeah, I 
I grew up, you know, way back in the sticks. I grew up as a hillbilly hick or whatever. I didn't wear shoes and, you know, well, r- real tennis shoes or moccasins and stuff until we moved down to the city. But I also have an IQ of 280, so. <laughs> My but I don't, I don't tell a lot of people that because I don't want people looking at me in a different light. I don't right. act like, I don't act any different. I don't treat people any different, you know, but if it's something that really catches my attention, of course, you know, I'll, I'll use intellect and dig into it. Right. But, you know, uh, okay. Well, Sasquatch and aliens, UFOs, whatever, the uh, ghosts and paranormal. I've heard, I've heard people with the paranormal and ghosts and poltergeist in particular. I heard, I heard somebody once say that poltergeist was nothing but a, basically a figment of your imagination. And it was negative energy that you, that was causing everything to happen. I'm sorry. I've been picked up and slammed up against a wall by by a poultry guy. I didn't cause that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of hard to control uh, to to manifest that against your own uh, your own body, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Now, now you, you'd have to analyze that. Okay. So I'm going to stand here. I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to slam myself up against a wall, knowing that there's nails sticking out of the wall. No, not logical. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I, I, I over I'm 43 years old, and over the course of my lifetime, I have had you know just encounter after encounter after encounter and experiences, and you know with pre, you know, with a lot of things, you know, like I was saying, Sasquatch, aliens, UFO, paranormal, demonic, especially with being a, being a practicing medicine man, I've seen the the side of the demonic world that would make your skin crawl. Skinwalkers well, do exist. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the one thing that gives me the the heebie-jeebies is anything demonic. You know, I I can handle the thoughts of anything. I don't know if it was where I was raised Catholic. You know, when I was young, but it's like possession and demonic activity is so real to me. You know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm totally a man of faith, but my goodness, that's that's the stuff that makes my skin crawl. Okay, so I will say this. You're a man of faith. You believe in God and the Bible, you know, the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You said you were Catholic. Well, I so was raised Catholic. Oh, okay, you were raised Catholic. So you were raised in Catholicism. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a man of faith. I am a man of, uh, a man of spirituality. There I believe go. I'm on the other side of the spectrum, whereas we, do, we, we were taught, by our elders, that there is a creator. It was never named God. It was just the creator. Right. And then there's, uh, you know, other, con- not deities or entities, but other controllers of other things like Mother Earth, you know, uh, how, they, how my grandfather put it, Mother Earth, Father Son, you know, stuff like that. That's That was just names given to, you know, the natural order of the world that was already there. Right. So, I mean... For, for people, you know, that, that listen, that want to say, oh, well, you know, you're an atheist or whatever because you don't believe in God, that's not entirely correct. I do believe that there is a creator. I believe that there is you – know, that there was at one point in time, whether they still exist or not, but was at one point in time one, you know, all-powerful that created everything. This – nothing just blinked into being. It's not possible. <laughs> well, I agree with that part. <laughs> you know – and I I love that we can have this conversation. I'm sorry, my phone's ringing in the background. It's the uh, telemarketers trying to get my no, vote. Don't, hear it. don't even hear it. 
but yeah, I I love that we can sit here and have a conversation because I am completely open to like like I said before, your perspective. You know, um your your faith, your spirituality. Uh I I love to hear about it. I'm very interested in it. Um my thought process on everything is constantly developing. Uh so yeah, man, I I'm just glad that we can have this conversation. Well, you know, you, you said for me to to talk, and I've talked to so many people, and, and a lot of people don't ask questions, but they just want me to talk. And I'm okay. like, well, you know, I can't really give you an answer on anything unless you, ask, you know, unless you ask the question, and no question is a stupid question. Right. I mean, you, you could be the, you know, the, the, the and, and I hate to say this because I'm I, I'm uh, an advocate for for not bullying anybody, but you could be the dumbest person in the world, and you ask a question, it is not a dumb question. Well, yeah, knowledge. Well, if you want me to to ask a few leading questions, I'm fine with that. Uh, I I haven't prepared any notes, Will. Um, <laughs> but well, what I'll do? That's fine. Off the top of your head. Yeah, man. I I usually feed off of you know what people have to say because people usually call you know dying to get one thing in particular out. You know, then we kind of just you know segue through. Oh, I'm. But, I'm this, this, it doesn't have to be any one thing in particular. I mean, if you want to do one show, seven shows, 14 shows, however long it takes, <laughs> get the information out there because there's a lot of it in my head. I appreciate that, man. Well, let me start asking you about uh, if if you can talk about it. Uh, what happened at, what was it, Kelly Canyon? A uh, little boy went missing, and uh, I don't know how long, actually, that, that he had you know, been the, the missing or whatever, but it was said that the parents searched, and it was almost akin to the uh, oh Dior Coons uh, Jr. case that happened here a couple of years ago. It was similar in every way. And what happened? No, but before I get to, get back, go back to Kelly Kimmel, what happened to the little Dior Coons is, is he went uh, camp, well he didn't go camping. He was t- taken camping with his mom and his dad, his mom's grandfather, and his mom's grandfather's friend. Well, you know, one thing led to another, and to get down to the meat of it, the mom and dad and the grandfather's friend went down to the, what we call a creek, it's bigger than a creek, I mean, you know, it's about like a creek back on the East Coast, pretty wide, and they went down to the down to the creek, and he stayed at the campsite with the grandfather, and the grand the grandfather swears he didn't go inside the camper or anything else. You know, the, the the lawyer and the investigator all think he did, but whatever. But the little boy came up missing, and they couldn't find him. There were no signs of him, nothing, and they still haven't found him to this day. Nobody's found him. I mean, there is no trace of that child anywhere. I mean, the the cadaver dogs had a hit on on the fire pit, but you know, they did DNA on a couple of bones that were found deep down in the fire pit and it was animal bones. It wasn't human bones. Which was still weird. Yeah. Now that that's the case that was on uh David Pilates missing four one one, right? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that happened here in uh Leddor, Idaho. Yeah. Nice. Now, uh with the little boy at Kelly Canyon, it was similar. You know, they were camping as the, the last camp out at well it's Kelly Canyon Campground is what it is, and it's not actually in Kelly Canyon where the ski resort is. It's a little bit south of it, but they were doing like a, uh, I think they said a last camp out of the year, 
Okay, well, a lot of people do that around this time of year. No biggie. But the little boy came up missing. He was with his father. At, at the uh, campfire, the campfire hadn't been lit for hadn't been lit for the night yet. His father said he turned around, picked his cell phone up off the chair, turned back around. Son's gone. Just poof. And where they were camping, they were butted up against the woods. And you know, I asked questions, of course, and their tent was actually touching the wood line. Then there was a campfire, and the little boy was standing off to the left side of the campfire right in front of the tent. And the father said he was standing to the right of the campfire and stepped, you know, just sidestepped maybe three, four feet, grabbed his phone off the chair, turned around, and his son was gone. So they called in, uh, they, they called in, they called in uh, the park rangers because the rangers patrol that area up there. And then the park rangers in turn called the local authorities. And then, you know, the other people that were in the little campground, they all got together and they searched and searched and searched. And, you know, to the point to where it, it, he had to have been missing them for a couple of days because what they do when they call specialty teams in is when they call off the search. Then they'll call in the specialty team because then they're able to get the campground cleared out of all the people, the local authorities included, because when the specialty search and rescue goes in, they're, you know, they work for a private company. And they and they come in when uh, well we they whatever come in go in with helicopters night vision thermal everything that works anything you would think about look you know looking in other areas of like Sasquatch and crap that's what we use <laughs> you know it's all high tech and everything else so so when a specialty team goes in the the, the person will be found. Now, the, the, the Coons case was weird because the specialty teams were used then. Still no signs. But I'll get back to that in a minute. But the little kid at Kelly Canyon, so specialty, so specialty comes in, does a complete sweep of the area, goes out five miles, sweeps again, goes out five miles, sweeps again, just keeps going, you know, out in five-mile incre- increments and, and doing sweeps in grid patterns, you know, in a, uh, basically a circle around the camp. And team two had a hit on thermal in a, you know, a rock field. And I, I listened to David Pilates, you know, and I agree with a lot of stuff that he says, you know, the major key points look for water, you know, by water and, and like scree fields and things like that. And that's what I actually told the, uh, the, the lead of team two. I said, Go to the rock field and and run the therm up the rock up the uh, rock slide, and you know and then they did and they found the kid. Now the weird thing is, is there wasn't a mark on the child. Clothes weren't weren't you know ripped, tattered, no scratches, no nothing, but he's just sitting there in between two rocks, pointing at the mountainside and giggling and laughing. Now, when uh, when the uh, authorities got wind of it, the official, like I said, the official release is a mountain lion grabbed grabbed him by the back of his hoodie, pulled him out of the campsite, and up and and 15 miles away into a rock field. Right. Yeah. No. (laughs) That. How in the world can they try to get away with saying that? 
Well, because, you know, that that falls back on the whole thing of, you know, everything we, like you said, everything we say about Sasquatch or anything else, we basically eat everything we say. Yeah. That's true. Because it's it's not believed by, I'm not going to even say mainstream media or mainstream science. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't fall into the realm of reality for a lot of people. Right. And, now, and people will accept whatever they hear, you know. Right, right. The majority of people want it. They just want an answer. You tell them, they'll, they'll just go with it if it's something that they can wrap their head around. But uh, now you say uh, that area up there has a, has a lot of mountain lion presence. Yeah. I mean, they've even the, – the lions have even came down here in town a couple of different times. And, uh, and of course, you know, field and game – well, not field and game, but uh, Department of Interior or whatever, they'll send their rangers out, and they either trap them or kill them. If they're too close to a neighborhood, they'll kill them. That mm. infuriates me to no end. I right. understand the reason behind it, but you could still trap the animal. Right. You know, if you corner it and it, and it starts acting, acting aggressive, imagine if, you know, a group of people corner you, what are you going to do? Exactly. So but, why, are they, why are they coming into town? Is it just uh, human encroachment? No, it, well, it's it's some human encroachment, and other is uh, the Department of Interior keeps moving the elk herds. Oh, well, that'll do it. Yeah, so if there's no game, I mean, there, there's jackrabbits galore up there, but if there's no, you know, elk and, and things like that, of course, that's a natural food source, and they're going to look elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's basically what happened with the, with that kid. I mean it was odd. It mirrored the the Orcoons case to a T. The kid was there, and then the kid was gone. Right. And they and then and, and uh, up in Ledor, they even said that a lion had to have gotten the child there. But then again, there was no tatters of clothing, no blood, no drag marks. The kid was wearing uh, cow, the, the kid at uh, Ledor was wearing cowboy boots. If something had a picked him, you know, grabbed him and drug him off his cowboy boots, the heels would have left drag marks in the ground. Yeah, there was or, nothing found of that child. Wow, that's that's some scary stuff, man. Now, uh, my wife's cousin, I want to say, uh, does uh, search and rescue for uh, up in Madison County. Yeah, Madison County and in, in, uh, in areas up in there. And he and his team and a couple of other people, you know, in in the local authority up there, believe, you know, wholeheartedly that that child was never in Ledor. That something happened on the way, or in, here in town. But I, I mean, I can't really get into that because I don't know all the details. But you know, that's what's being said. Now, with this with this other child here in uh, Kelly in Kelly Canyon, you know the. People in in the know with with Sasquatch. Uh, there's another guy around here. I can't remember his last his uh, last name. It, oh yeah, I do. It's uh, his name's Kelly Shaw. He does the uh, Sawtooth Mountain uh, Sasquatch something or other. But uh, he should know that in that area in Kelly Canyon, or used to be in that area in Kelly Canyon and around Kelly Canyon, there was a you know a large family group of Sasquatch that were there. You know, I, I mean, 
we go camping at, you know, a, a little campground called, you know, High Sea Hot Springs every year for family, family reunion. And I used to go fishing, uh, not on the, on the, on the uh, main Snake River. I would actually go through the woods and end up on the backside of Kelly Campground or Kelly Canyon Campground. And I've caught, uh, you know, movement in the woods. I actually took Danielle's cousin and her then boyfriend with me once, and he actually saw something and said, hey, there's a moose. And then it stepped out from behind the tree, and he just turned pale in the face and said, that's no moose, and took off running. But, I mean, my thought is is the kid was standing there, and we've all heard the stories, you know, the, the legends and, 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 well, myths and legends from, you know, tribal encounters to where a Sasquatch would come up, grab a kid, and walk off. Right. Well, that's what I'm thinking happened. And that's what a, cu- a couple of my other friends and other people that I talked to actually believe happened. It it was already there in the wood line and just waiting for the opportunity. And when the father turned his back, he grabbed the, cu- grabbed the kid and walked off. Yeah. I mean, the, the kid was old enough to, to talk, but he wasn't, you know, saying what happened. He was just pointing at the mountainside and giggling. You know, that reminds me of another case, and that was in, uh, I think it was in North Carolina. Um, it's just been about one or two years ago, a little boy went missing out of his own backyard. Um, and he was found, I want to say a couple of days later, um, out in a corn thicket um, under a bunch of bramble. Huh. And he made it through the night. Um, temperatures down around 40 degrees. You know, he was soaking wet. And I think he was about four years old. I've got some stories on it. I, I can send you some articles if you want to read it. And yeah, they, yeah, you know them to me. They, they found him miles away from home. And he told them that a bear kept him company. I remember reading about that. Yeah. And it's just like, man... All these, all these stories, you know, you yeah. think that there would be more than just Sasquatch enthusiasts that we scratching their heads right about now. Shouldn't people be putting pieces together by now, you know? Well, n- nobody wants to believe. Right. I mean, that's just like when the, the uh, when uh, a tribesman in Africa said that there was a gorilla that had you know gray hair on its back, the silverbacks. Nobody believed it existed until scientists went in and. They're real. Yeah, yeah. It takes a white guy in a lab coat, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, I had something. I had something in mind. I was going to tell you, and I forgot. Now it'll come back later. Okay. Well, let me ask you another question. This this one might go back. I don't know how far it'll go back for you. Uh, but how did you get into this search and rescue and stuff like that? And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting your encounter stories confused with people um i've I've listened to hundreds of west's shows i I absolutely love that show okay well uh 499 which was dead men tell no tales was was the one that uh, toward the end of it i told wes about the gentleman who was uh had shot at a sasquatch and was literally torn apart and his body was left in a trail oh yeah body yeah yeah you're probably not getting it confused (laughs) Yeah, that was horrifying. <laughs> it was horrifying for me to tell it. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. 
But uh, no, uh, I got in. I, I got into uh, you know, SAR and things like that after I left. Uh, after I left the Marines, because okay. you know it was. I already have the training. I already have the knowledge. Why not put it to good use? Right. You know, because I, you know, I'm my, my body is too tore up. You know, I've been uh, I've been you know shot, stabbed, blown up. I still have all my skin, thank God, and, and all my limbs. You know, I, I didn't lose any limbs or anything. But, you know, like I said, I, you know, I already, as far as going out and doing a deep woods immersion type thing, that's nothing. I mean, I could just, I could go out there for weeks at a time, live off the land. You know, when I, in that episode, when I said that we had walked six miles to the dam and six miles back, that's 12 miles. We did, we did this in, in like, I want to say, I don't know, six hours or so. Wow! And then that's... and then people and then people try to pick that apart. That's not possible. You'd have to be you know special forces and special forces couldn't even do that, dude. We were moving at a hellacious clip. I mean, we were moving. You know, we, we were basically jogging because you know we're, we're jogging down this trail and there's a piece here, a piece there, a piece that there's the gun, you know, and we're just following the trail. You know, when you follow a trail like that with any wild animal creature, whatever. They could come back at any point in time to pick up the pieces. We didn't want to be there when they when they got back to pick up the pieces. I yeah. mean, I am uh, at, at that point in time. I'm not now. I'm severely out of shape, but uh, not as bad as it could be. But you know, uh, at that point in time, I was still in really really good shape. You know, I could put on a you know a fully uh, well a full backpack. What's which is called in the military a full battle rattle. You know. Full fatigues, everything else, boots, helmet, cams, uh, visor, everything, and do you know a twelve mile hop in six hours? It's not, it's not you know that far out of the realm of imagination. Oh no, not at all. I, I'm a vet too. I I wasn't in combat or anything like that. I was in the Air Force. I worked on B-52s, but I I know uh-huh. what you're talking about. I, at one point, I was in pretty remarkable shape. <laughs> you know. Right. 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 Yeah, no. so, you are, so you understand. So, yeah. it's, so it's the people who have never, never known the military, or they were just in, or they were just in basic training, couldn't hack it, fell out. And and, and I and I do understand that that that, that kind of shit happens. Yeah. You yeah. think you can, you get in there, and you, you you know you play football all your life, and you're in really good shape, and you work out, and then you get in there, and you realize this is nothing like you could have ever imagined. Yep. It's a different game, ain't it? But, you know, and, and that's what I was having to basically contend with. You know, I was having to contend with that on, on the forums. And I finally told people, I said, you know what, here, this is what stopped it. I said, you know what, here, here's my email address. Here's my phone number. Here's my physical address in case you want to mail me a letter. If you if you have questions, ask. I'll answer your questions. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to gain by, by telling my experiences and, you know, the and, and some of the – I'm not telling everybody all the information I have, but – you know, and some of the information I have, you know, I'm not uh, a uh, researcher. I hate researchers with a passion because they think they are the be all end all. They know everything. They got all the answers. Yeah, they got all the answers and only their answers are correct. I'm an investigator. I look at everything with a scientific mind. You know, could this be what this really is or, you know, is it something else? 
you, you have to go in. You have to go in and you have to pick it apart piece by piece by piece by piece. And then at the end, you can give a, you know, a definitive answer. Well, this is what this is based on the facts. Yeah, and that makes- I'm, yeah, I've, I've had to, I've had to do that with a lot of shit all my life. I mean, even even before I actually went, you know, went into schooling and things, and you know, you have to literally look at it. Even the, even if you're not a scientist, you have to look at it with a scientific mind. You have to try. You have to literally try to debunk it. Right. And if you can't, then well, it's plausible. Well, it's possible. And uh, and if you find a you know uh, a fully grown man in his fifty I think he's fifties or sixties body parts on a trail a well worn foot trail that I know for a fact there's no human beings out in the middle of this field walking from you know the campsite six miles to the to, to the dam when there's a car trail that goes out there also but you find this human being torn apart bit by bit and left along the trail. I mean, you, you can look at that all day long and you criticize it as, as much as you want, but there's only one thing that's going to, the one thing possible that's capable of doing that. A bear's not going to do that. A mountain lion will take a body up in a tree. Yeah, you're right. I've, I've worked around a lot of animals, and none of them had that kind of behavior, you know. Uh, I've, I worked in a uh, wildlife exhibit. We had black bears and bobcats and wild boars and none of them none of them act like this just trail something along like that that's that's with purpose i mean and to sit and think i mean that particular story if you sit and you think about it okay so as search and rescue you get there and the first thing you see i don't know how you know i don't know when it happened it could have happened six hours before we got there it could have happened an hour before we got there, or two hours, however long it took them. But you get there, and the first thing you see is a truck sitting there with, you know, the both I mean, both doors are open, the interior lights on. It's not bright; it's really, really dim. So it, you know, it's it's been on for a while. The front windshield's busted in. There's blood all over the front windshield. The hood is just caved in to where the, the hood almost almost looked like a U. So there was a lot of force, you know, applied to the hood. And then you start walking into the campground. The cooler was ripped in half. The tent was tore up, threw up in a tree. It was a big, if you can think of the worst horror movie you've ever, you've ever seen where you look on the ground and there's this big just splatter of blood and tissue parts and shit, that was under the tree. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the rifle that was there was still setting up against the tree. That made no sense. Fishing rod was still setting up against the tree. Tackle box was still sitting by the fishing rod. And yeah, but was, then from that splatter, there was a drag mark out to the trail. And then it, it actually, there was actually, you know, a, a drag mark of blood and God bits of everything to a certain point, And then there wasn't anything. And then, you know, you'd go, I don't know, a thousand feet or so. And you'd start finding, a, you know, a chunk of skin, chunk of muscle, a bone, a foot, finger. Man, well, I'm, I'm sorry you had to witness this. Well, I've seen some horrific shit overseas, but nothing like that. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. 
back then, my stomach could take it. Now, I start talking about it, my stomach just starts start doing turns and rolls. Yeah. I appreciate you rehashing the story, man, because, uh, you know, undoubtedly there's going to be some people that haven't heard that episode, and they'll probably be going to it right now. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably they'll pause mine and go go to 499 and listen to it. <laughs> just get the full story, you know. I got to hear this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I hope they do take a minute to go listen to it. Um, I'll probably listen to it again. I mean, you know, like I told everybody on, on Sasquatch Chronicles forums, I mean, I know that, you know, that there were the, the, the naysayers that were trying to pick it apart. I understand that. No no big deal. I'm not going to fight, fight with anybody about it. But, you know, like I said, you know, if anybody wants to hear – that, that, and that encounter was actually cut short. We had to cut it short because he was he had something else to do that night. So you know, I, I just told him we'll we'll make it short. So I, I left a lot of stuff out. I left a lot of information out. But right. you know, I, I, I can got, I, I got I, I, I was going to say I can go back through and tell that story in it in all in all of the detail. And if people still have questions, you know. You have my email address. You can you can put my email address out there. Tell them if they still have questions and they, you know there's something that seems amiss. Maybe I let maybe I left something out again. You know, but because that was a while back. My, my memory my memory is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> email me. Ask me. You know because there, there's no monetary gain. I mean, there could be monetary gain if if I was that kind of person. But there's right. no monetary gain, you know, in telling an experience. Now, you know, if I would start releasing, you know, DNA evidence and stuff like that, you know, that, that's a that's totally different story. That I mean, it wouldn't even be a, a fact of a matter of me saying, you know, and I'm not going to do that, but, you know, it wouldn't be a fact of the matter of me saying, well, this is going to cost this and this is going to cost that. Right. You know, if I would release that information to a university, the university would, by default, pay for the DNA evidence. They have every researcher and investigator that has brought evidence in. Right. So, but, you know, I have no, I have nothing to gain, nothing to lose. You know, if, if, if there's something that I know that the next person doesn't know and they need help with figuring something out or whatever, email me, ask me. Well, you want to go ahead and uh, give the full detail? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have the time. And then I, I got some other questions, but they're off this topic. And I'd like to get this topic completely, you know, gone through before I I go changing things up, man. I don't want to. I don't know. It, I mean, I, I'm just a guest on the show. It's your show. You can do whichever way you want to do it. I mean, I, I, we, I'd love to hear the things you had to leave out, you know. Well, okay. Well, I, I, I tell you, I tell you this. Since people are going to be listening to this, so uh, we've touched a little bit on that. So let's leave the best for the last. We'll leave that to the last. That way, you know, you, you know, you, the people. Oh man, no, I wanted to hear about it. Well, stick around. You will. <laughs> that's a good point. You know, that's a good point. Well, let's take a minute to. Uh... Let me ask you this. this. This goes back to probably your childhood. Okay. Um, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, your family um, interacted or had interactive uh, had activity with the the Sasquatch over here on the East Coast. Yep. Um, did 
did that help you develop a scent of when they're around over there in Idaho where you're at now, or are they something, are, are they a different um, type of, of creature or person? Um, and are they a person? You know, are, are, should I be calling them people or should I be calling them animals? Well, um, as far as, uh, the beginning of the question where you, where you were asked, uh, did it give me a sense of knowing, you know, when they're around, they were around all the time. I mean, right. all the time. It's not a, you, you know, you didn't go outside and just, oh, hey, there's a Sasquatch. But, but you knew, you knew that something was amiss. Okay. Because you grow up that far out in the woods and you get, you know, to understand and to know, Okay, you know, this sounds an owl, this sounds a coyote, this sounds, you know, uh, a whitetail alerting, you know, that's a bear, you know, a bear grunting. Bears do howl. A lot of people don't know that, but a bear will howl. Will howl. It's not like a dog howling. It's, and, it's, and it's not like the roar, you, the made-up roar you hear on TV. But a bear will howl periodically, uh, when, especially during mating season, and when they do, you know, their thing. It's it's a normal male reaction. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, me and my me and my grandfather actually walked up on on two black bears uh d- doing the, the the natural mating and we we have heard bears howl. <laughs> but so you, you would know what those sounds were. But then at night there were sounds that you didn't really know what it was. You'd think it was an owl, but it would be higher pitched or, or lower tone than an owl, or you would hear what you thought was a coyote, or you would hear, you know, grunting and growling. But when a bear grunts and growls outside outside of your house or your domicile or whatever, you can't feel it. You can hear it, but you can't really feel it. And you would hear grunts and growls that you could actually feel. It would actually vibrate, you know, you through the walls. Now that had to be something extremely big. Yeah. If you hear banging my wife's attempting to cut a spaghetti squash in half. Oh, that's all right. But uh so and then you know you 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 see signs and you see tracks and trails of all of other all all of God's other creatures. But then of course you see, you know, a footprint where a footprint shouldn't be. Or a trail of footprints where they shouldn't be, and they're over, you know, overly large. Well, that was kind of the, the you know, daily experience that everybody had on, on the on the res, you know. You know the, the sounds, the sights, you know, the trees moving, moving and swaying back and forth. Okay, well, people can say, okay, well, that's a bear doing that, you know, because bears do that. They'll just get up on a tree and just crawl the hell out of it. But after a while, the bear will move on, you know. So after ten, twenty, twenty-five minutes, this tree is just keep, just continuously shaking back and forth. Well, what's doing that? So you know, after a while, and apparently my grandfather had had known about them for years and years, and he really didn't say anything to the kids because he didn't want to scare the kids. And my father knew, but he didn't. He didn't, you know quote-unquote believe because he had never had a you know a face-to-face encounter just he just went off what my grandfather said but, he, but my father actually still told me when i was little you know come in when the sun when the sun starts going down when it starts getting hazy 
don't be outside, don't go near the woods. And the only thing he ever said is because they will take you. He never said what would take me. He just said they will take you because right. they all they they uh, become. Well, he said that they woke up and became active in the haze. Now the haze, what we all know that is being you know like uh, at the end of dusk, right before dark. Right. So yeah, uh, you know, and then with everything that you know happened when I was little, I mean there was there was one point. Uh, I was sitting in the house. My mom had gone to my grandmother's. And, well, it wasn't a house then. It was still a, still a shack. It was like a, a one-and-a-half-room shack. But so I was sitting in what my dad called the living the, the living room, playing with some kind of toy. I, you know, in my mind, I, I can see it, but I can't think of what it is. And my dad was out back in the shed, and he was skinning a whitetail that he had just recently killed. And we ran off a generator power, and the generator wasn't on. And I was sitting there playing, and I kept seeing a shadow pacing back and forth, you know, across the front of the house. Now, now the front of the house was, you went out the front door, and there was a, a window on each side of the front door, but you didn't see the immediate outside of the house. You seen a storage area that was built on the front of the house. And then there were four big windows on the front of the uh, storage area. So I keep seeing a shadow pacing back and forth, back and forth, because you couldn't really see out and through because of the screens. So I just keep seeing the shadow. And I, I was thinking to myself, well, what's, you know, what's Dad doing? And then I went to the back of the house and looked out the bathroom window. Well, not, well it wasn't the bathroom at that point in time. It was actually a closet, but it had a, he put windows everywhere because – as the years went on, he wanted to build onto the house and make that the bathroom and, and whatnot. But I looked out the window, and he was still in the shed. And you could see him, and he was pulling down on the hide, on the whitetail. And so I went back in the living room, and I walked up to the door, and I got to looking. And that, it was just pacing back and forth, back and forth. Well, I, that, that went on for like 20 or 30 minutes, and I guess my dad was ready to come in the house because the generator kicked on. And when the generator kicked on, my, my dad had this old CB base station that, that, you know, he'd used to talk to the ranger station or my grandfather because there weren't any landlines out there. Everybody communicated, just like in the old you know, the Dukes of Hazzard TV shows, everybody communi communicated by either, te either telephone or CB. And when the CB kicked on, apparently he hadn't turned the volume down from the night before. And it kicked on, and it, it was just, you know, loud with everybody that was talking. And it scared whatever was outside the front of the house. And this thing stopped, or the shadow stopped, and just started beating on the front of the house. And I don't know if I had started crying, if I started screaming for my dad. I don't that, that part I don't remember, but I just remember him running in the back door, didn't even, I mean, he didn't even stop to check. Well, he, he, I guess he looked down because he said, he, are you okay? But he didn't, you know, physically pick me up or anything. But he grabbed a muzzle loader off of, off of you know, the, the old country style, you know, gun rack, the two deer hooves. <laughs> so he grabbed the muzzle loader, loaded it out the front door he went. And I could, just, I, I could hear him, you know, screaming, go away, get away, get out of my yard. And then 
this god awful ungodly roar. I mean, the the only way I've been able to, to describe it is Wes described it once, and he said it sounded like a lying a lion roaring and a hundred dogs barking at the same time. And then I and then I heard my dad start cussing and yelling, and then the muzzle loader went off. And then he came came back in the house, bent down, looked at me, and said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "I'm fine." He said, "Well, stay away from stay away from the uh, the front storage because the glass is broken. Stay in here." He said, "I'll call your grandfather. Well, by call my grandfather, get on the CB and call him. I'll call your grandfather and your mother and get them to come over because there, there's an animal outside that I need help picking up and disposing of." Well, come to find out, the animal was a Bigfoot. And because being because being a kid, I didn't listen. I went outside. Yeah. And you could see the thing laying there. Now when people say it's covered with hair, it's covered with hair. But it's not, you know, like a bear's fur to where it's thick and you can't see the skin. You can actually make out, you know, muscle tone and well, the only thing I could see was the front of it at first because they hadn't loaded it up on, on the truck yet. Yeah. And it took it took six of them to do it. Mm. But it looked like a really, 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 really big, I mean, wide, broad-shouldered, thick from front to back man. Like a giant. Face, yeah, yeah. Well, to me, at you know, five, six years old, a giant. Literally. Yeah. But, I mean, the face, how people, you know, a lot of people describe that they have the uh, the, the concave nose. Mm-hmm. Almost, it it would almost look like a, a ghoul in the face almost to where the, it looks like the nose has been shaved off. Like it's not, it, it's there, but it's not really there. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, it had the face of a man, you know, the, the face of a man, broad forehead. So now, you know, being my age now, I'm thinking, you know, a relic uh, hominid or relic uh, Neanderthal. Right. But it had, you know, the broad forehead and everything, and then the concave nose to where it was just almost open nostrils into the skull. I'm, I'm quite sure that it wasn't, but that's the way it looked, man. But, it, you know, and then just long, matted hair. And, you know, hair all over the body. But you could see through the hair to the skin, and the skin was grayish. Yeah. Now that now that that would make actually make evolutionary sense after being you know generations upon generations upon generations, you know of uh, generations of these things, and living out in cold climates, especially up in the mountains. Now in the Piedmont of North Carolina, it doesn't really get that that, that cold. It gets like 60, 50, 60 degrees all year, you know, in the winter. But up in the mountains, it, it really snows. Yeah. Now, li- living in a climate like that, you know, the skin turning gray, all, all that really is is it's a thickening of the skin. Yeah, yeah, and, and dry, yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a thickening of the skin to where, the, you know, the body stays warmer, you're able to hold more heat in. So, you know, so it, it had the telltale yellow, uh, not yellow, but gray skin, long hair, it was matted, but you could actually see through the hair. It was like a man that was losing his losing his hair on top of his head, and you could start to see the scalp. Right. Well, that's the way it looked all over its body. 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Let me tell you about some new gear that I've found on Instagram. It's Squatch Survival Gear. A few years back, Squatch Survival Gear started taking packs that we made for special tactics units around the world and began offering them to the civilian world. So if you're looking for a rugged pack that you can trust not to fail when you need it the most, look no further. Squatch Survival Gear has a pack for you from the urban jungle to the deepest woods you can find. Their packs are made right here in the United States of America and they mean every component of all of your packs are made in America. And like they said, that's as hard to find as a Bigfoot. So it's quality that you won't regret. Um, check out their website. It's SquatchSurvivalGear.com. You can find them on Instagram. That's where I found them at. Absolutely love their products. I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to load out the Rock Ape pack. That's something else that's cool. Every one of their packs that they have is named after another type of... Uh, Bigfoot or hominid cryptid, you know, the that you, you just gotta go check it out. Check it out, squatchsurvivalgear.com. Don't miss this week's Black Friday sale. Go to their website, and if you use bump 10, promo code bump 10, you can save 10% site wide anytime. So be sure to check them out. Also, go to hempbombs.com and use promo code bump 20 to save 20% off site-wide on any CBD products that you might be interested in trying out or using. I'm a regular user of the uh, regular strength gummies. Um, You can get them in bottles of up to 100. That's the way I do it. I buy in bulk. It's cheaper. It saves me money. And when you use promo code BUMP20, it'll save you 20% off too. Uh, They have products for everybody. They have products for your pets. They have... Whatever you need, whatever in whatever way you like to use CBD, if it's in a lotion, if it's uh, a gummy, if it's the, the drops, you know, the straight oil, you can put it in your drink or whatever else. They, they have great flavors. You have peppermint. Um, they even have CBD lollipops, lip balm. You, you, know, you name it, they have it, and it all works. Um, like I said, I've used the gummies for over a year now, but I started trying out other products. My dog loves the pet treats 
they're like a, I think they're like a peanut butter flavor or something. She loves them. Um, they don't taste like medicine to her or anything like that because she's a smart little dog. Uh, we tried the lotion. I put the lotion on my knees. Helps my arthritis. The gummies, you know, they'll help me with my arthritis pain. They help me get sound sleep. They help with my anxiety or whatever else. Uh, you know, they just, they work wonders. I can't say good enough stuff about them. I've turned a lot of people on to these gummies, um, friends and family. So please, if, if you're living a life of discomfort or you're not uh, in the right mindset, you have nothing to lose. You know, they even have, I believe they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, check and get on the website and check it out and make sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure it is. It's hempbombs.com. Use promo code BUMP, B-U-M-P, 20. And finally, to anybody who's listening in the southern West Virginia area, um, there's a yoga studio I want you guys to go check out. Give them your support. It's Logan Yoga Fitness. It's in Logan, West Virginia. Um, you can find them on Instagram for more details. They have different programs. They have yoga flow. They have a heated yoga. They also have yoga as a spiritual discipline to help get connected with Christ. And they also have bar yoga. Um, check them out. The instructors are Britta and Jay Pack. Uh, great people. I've, I've known Jay the majority of my life. and he, he just became a yoga instructor. And I can't wait to get down there. I did yoga years ago. It, it helped me tremendously. I'd like to get back into it. So I'll, I'll, I'll be going down there. So you, you'll run into me. We can catch up. We can talk Bigfoot. We can talk whatever you want to talk. Or we can just shut up and do some yoga and relax and just go with the flow. All right. So go check out Logan Yoga. Um, you can find them on Instagram. If you want to get more information, go to Yoga by Britta. Y-O-G-A-B-Y-B-R-I-T-T-A. And uh, she's the one that runs the studio. She owns the studio. So check out Yoga by Britta and go visit Logan Yoga and stretch out. When my dad recounted the story to my grandfather, my, my grandfather started freaking out. And he, he's like, well, you know, we got to get some people over here to watch the house. And, you know, we, we got to set up some centuries and stuff because if that if that was a member of a family group, the family's going to come try, try to get retaliation when they realize it's not coming back. If it was a rogue, on the other hand, we don't have anything to worry about. And he asked my dad, he said, what did you do? How did you kill it? He said, because, you know, all throughout my grandfather's experiences, nobody was ever able to kill him. And my dad said that, you know, my dad being the, the kind of person he was, he wasn't scared of anything. I mean, nothing. I've watched a man run a whitetail down when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, he, he was he was one of those farm boys, you know, the, the, the ones whose, whose fingers have muscles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so my dad's recounting the story to my grandfather, and he told my grandfather, he said, well, you know, I came out here, and my first thought was, you know, th there's a stranger on the land. And then I got a look, a look at it in the face, and he said, and the face of it just terrified me. He said, but. I wasn't going to let it get in the house, and they they called me Eddie back then because of my middle name. And he said, I wasn't going to let it get in the house and get to Eddie. He said, so I did what I have to do. My grandfather said, how'd you, how'd you kill it? He said, I put the, he said, I stuck the barrel of the muzzle loader to its chest and pulled the trigger. Hmm. He was that close. <laughs> my gosh. And, I mean, 
my dad had at that point in time he was still a good guy. He he turned into a shithead later on in life, but mm-hmm. he was never the kind of person to lie about something. I mean, he you know if he said it if, if he said it happened that's the way it happened. Yeah, you well, you had, and you had the proof laying there. You know, yeah, I mean, and it's just laying right there. Now, did you get to? I know you were young, but did you get to like examine this? Did you get get to see? How big the eyes were, or the, how the teeth were shaped, or how many fingers. Because when you, we, the way you described it for the first time, it helped me to to visualize a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have the the image in my head, and I've seen the videos, I've seen pictures, but I, I'm trying to put myself into the the mind of a a boy walking out and seeing this. Yeah. And it, that it sounded like a giant. And, you know, the stories go, you know, giants of old had six fingers on their hand. Uh, did you notice anything like that that would harken back to the days of giants or? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I wasn't really focused on the hands, but the hands, the hands. Are, well, I mean, I could see that, you know, the, the feet was the feet were bare on bottom and, you know, bare up to about the side of the foot. And then there was hair on top of the foot. But I didn't really look at the hands. I mean, the, the face was a little terrifying for a six-year-old kid. Yeah, I guess. I mean, because of, you know, all the old black-and-white movies that, that that you've seen so far, you know, that just – the only thing you can think in your mind is, like, that that's Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a hairy how, Frankenstein. Well, uh, I, how big were the eyes? What color were they? Uh, the mouth? I, I want to know – as explicitly detailed as you can get about this, because I've never got to talk to somebody that's been that close to one. Well, I can't give you I can't give you a lot of details about that one, but I can give you details about the one that my uh, that my grandfather had had. Uh, yeah, my, my family did shoot a couple of them. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, the yeah. one my but the one my grandfather shot was kind of a bad idea because we caught hell for that one. Did you? Oh yeah, that that's actually what caused us to move off the reservation. That's what sent you to Idaho. No, that's what sent me to, to, down to uh, uh, Brown Mountain, North Carolina. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, man, hit me with it. T- tell me. Okay, the the that one, like I said, I was real young. I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of deep. Anyway, but, uh, you know, like I said, I was real young when I seen that one. I, I could tell, the, you know, I could see the muscle under the hair and stuff like that, and I could see the face. But as far as other details, I didn't really – I don't really remember that. But uh, the one that my grandfather had actually shot in his corral after he, after he had decided to open up one of his horses, I actually got a lot of, you know, I could see a lot of detail on that one. I was a little bit older. I think I was like eight or nine years old. So you know that, that that's about the breaking point for people's memories. Um, that one looked at looked close to the other one. The you know with the nose. Uh, if if you can think about a human head, and just think you know size goes four times larger than a human head. And then you can say that the, the eyes were probably, I don't know, uh, three, three and a half, four, four and a half inches around. That's some big eyes. The teeth, you know, 
they were about like our teeth and were, you know, the, you know, not blocked but just regular. And then the, they had not really long protruding canines, but they were a little longer than normal. Really wide mouth, though, because the, the thing was laying with its mouth open. And, it, I mean, it just it, – it, the mouth was unreal. It, it looked like it went from ear to ear. I, I mean, I'm, you know, now with the other experiences I've had in life, I know that it didn't, but just being open and that large, it literally looked like it went from ear to ear. It was just huge. <clears throat> um, same – the same – the hair was still, you know, covered the same way. You still see through it. You know, still the same, you know, grayish uh, – Caucasianist grayish type skin looked like almost like leather. You know the uh, shapes and patterns in leather. Uh, as far as the hands, I didn't see six fingers like what they talk about the giants of old. I only counted five on both hands, five you know five toes on on both feet. Uh, it was male, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a really extremely large male. Okay. Well, that answers that question. We got. I, I don't know how often you get on Facebook, but I saw the meme that asked, you know, is it is it like a human or is it like one of those uh, red rockets a dog had? <laughs> no, no, it's human. It's just, it's like a human. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it. It sounds weird to, to, to talk about stuff like that, but you know, if, if you want if you want extreme detail, if he was standing up, if, if he was standing up, it probably would have been swinging the, the just about his, just before his kneecap. So, how in the world can he run so fast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he tucks it back. I don't know. <laughs> Good oh. lord! But no, you, you know, we I, I got a real good uh, view of that one. Oh, what color was the hair? It was a uh, a deep, deep auburn. Okay. Not quite brown. I mean, it still had a little bit of red in it, but it was you know a really deep auburn. Yeah, and uh, I know you just say they're extremely muscular. They're massive, massive. Oh muscles. yes. Um, did it? I, I hear a lot about types. You know, Bigfoot types. I've never got to see one, I, much less types. But they, I've heard that you know the East Coast, you know, has more of a a runner's build. I mean, maybe jacked up three times the size, but yeah, you know, the, lanky and yeah, yeah, slender waist and you know, is, is that accurate? Yeah, that's that's completely accurate. I mean, uh, the encounter, the, the the body that I've seen when I was younger, of course, to me it looked just hella thick compared to me or my dad or my grandfather or anybody else. Right. But you are correct. They are, they're not skinny. They don't look malnourished. They're still hella muscular and right. really good, really, really, really good muscle definition. But they're skinnier than, say, Patty or mm-hmm. the Patty type or uh, the uh, skunk ape, you know, things like that. They're a lot more slender. Okay. They're wide. They're, they're wide across the chest. They're extremely barrel chested, but they're thin at the waist. They are literally built like a distance runner. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know what I'm. 
you know, what I'm dealing with around here in West Virginia, <laughs> you know, I'd like to, I want to visualize, I would love to have a, a sighting, maybe not necessarily an encounter, but I would like to have a sighting. Um, oh, let me, let me see. You said you're in West Virginia, right? Yep. Okay. So, uh, I'm trying to remember Hillsville. Is that in Virginia or West Virginia? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. That's not to say that it's not here, but it it doesn't sound familiar. It's probably in Virginia. Okay. Well, I was gonna say if, 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 I was gonna say if you were anywhere near Hillsville, you could go there and go go up on the mountain behind the truck stop and have fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of truck drivers that talks about that. I'm gonna write that down. Hills. I'm gonna look it up. It might be because I'm in southern West Virginia. You know, I'm. I'm uh, down in the coal fields, close to the Kentucky border. I'm not far from the Virginia border, so okay, it might not be that far away either. Any way it goes. Yeah, yeah. I remember going uh, going up there around. Uh, we're gonna jump uh, chronological time for a minute, but I remember going up there with my cousin once when I was like 16, 17 years old to pick up his blazer because the transfer case had gone out as he was coming back from West Virginia from dropping his mother-in-law off. <laughs> because she lived in West Virginia, so he stopped in Hillsville. That, that's the reason why I said I couldn't remember if it was in Virginia or West Virginia. Right. But uh, we had went up there and we and we stopped at the truck stop and went in and got you know dinner and some, some coffee and stuff and a lot, and the truck drive. And you just hear them talking about this, all, you know, just a couple tables down. How uh, one of them had uh, parked that night, and he got out of his truck, and there wasn't any other truck, in, you know, in the uh, truck lot at that point in time. And it's it's a you know a, l- a little rest area type deal where there's a couple of uh, gas stations and a truck stop and a couple of little stores and that's it, and all of it was shut up tight except for the truck stop when he got there. And he said he get he gets out of his truck and he heard something screaming, and it, it freaked him out because you know there's nobody there. Literally, it's just dead. Nobody there. And he said he got he got his and uh, he got his binoculars out and he's got this high powered uh, spotlight that he keeps in his truck. For what reason, I have no idea. And he started scanning the mountainside with it and looking through the binoculars, and he said he seen this thing standing beside of, you know, a uh, like a year, probably about a year-old uh, pine sapling, and it was standing, and the top of its head was above it, and it just had its arms up in the air and, and looking in his direction and just screaming. And... A couple of the other truck drivers are like, yeah, we, you know, we've heard it, and you know, we've seen them down on the truck lot. There was one that actually flipped the dumpster over, trying to, you know, trying to get into what was inside of it. I was just like, wow. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to Hillsville, have fun. I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually heading up to. Uh, well, this will probably. I don't know when this episode's going to make it onto the show. I got to do some edits and stuff, and I got a few episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to move around, but. Uh, as of right now, the day after tomorrow, I'm I'm taking a little trip up to Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, I was actually contacted about being on Finding Bigfoot, so I took them up on it. I'm gonna go up there and uh, relay they, what what stories that I have had. You know what? Are they are they bringing Finding Bigfoot back? I guess so, man. You know, I I didn't know that either, but. I was contacted by oh. one of the guys from BFRO that lives here in West Virginia, and he said they're they're doing a show and they're coming up to uh, 
to my area. Well, within a couple of hours of where I live. Huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. That's that's completely weird. That's completely weird because uh, I know Matt Moneymaker, and yeah, yeah, he's he's nothing like the way he acts on TV. On TV, and I mean, I, I'd sit and watch it and just sit here and laugh the entire time. It's just a wait. That's a Sasquatch. Sasquatch do that. They make those sounds. He doesn't act like that in, in real life. He is not that person. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, that was a trip. The first time I ever seen Funny Bigfoot, and I seen him. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Because you know, during the first shows is, is before he let his beard really grow out, before he let his hair really grow. I'm like, "That guy," and they, they hadn't said his name at first, and I said, "That guy looks familiar." And they said, "Matt Moneymaker." I, oh my god! <laughs> this is going to be a trip. And then, he, and then he started. You know, the the the, the one the, the episode where you know they're out in the woods at night and everybody's on on uh. Uh, thermal and he's like uh, uh, screams out something about that's a Sasquatch and they're on the hill and takes off running I have asked him about that I said why did you do that you know better than that yeah producers he said there's nothing really there but the producers still wanted us to do it and I'm like yeah but you're you're promoting something to other people that don't really know what's going on with these things and don't know how dangerous they are and you're going to get some you know city slicker up in the damn woods and he's going to hear something and take off running toward it and we're never going to see him again. You can't do that. And that's what I'm hoping will be different this time. Because um, uh, I don't even know. I'm, I don't watch a lot of it. Uh, I have, uh, I listen to the podcast that Bobo was on. I oh, can, yeah. But uh, they, they talked about all the issues that they had. Um, you know, time restraints, not being able to go where they really wanted to, not being able to do all the things they really wanted to do for a, an actual, you know, uh, yeah. expedition or whatever that, you know, they had to do things for TV to keep it exciting. And, you know, that I, I like to learn. I like to listen. I like to talk about it, but I don't want to be entertained. You know, I want to right. educate it. You know what I mean? Right. You want, actual, you want actual education and, and not comedy. Yes, I'm for content. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm hoping that it goes that direction. Um, but it's something exciting to do. It's something fun, and hopefully I'll get to plug my podcast if they let me. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sure he will. Well, if Matt has anything to do with it, he probably would. But, if you know, if there's a producer behind the scenes, you might have to, uh, I don't know, grease the, grease the wheel, so they say. But Yeah. Wear my T-shirt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just wear your T-shirt because it's, it's got it all on it. Well, there whatever. you go. <laughs> Hope they don't blur it out. <laughs> well, that'd be funny. Yeah, we're getting a really good shot of your T-shirt. And, yeah. And, and back in editing, we're going to blur that. Yeah. That'd be my <laughs> luck. Well, I'm sorry to get us off on a tangent there, man. Oh, no, uh, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, okay. So you described a North Carolina Sasquatch perfectly i hope um i wouldn't know you could tell me it was purple and i wouldn't be able to tell you wrong (laughs) but uh have you had uh sasquatch encounters up close in idaho or Uh, out out towards the west yeah i have uh there's a place there's a place here uh called uh, taylor mountain and if you go around taylor mountain there's uh There's a Wolverine, and well, you come down off of Taylor Mountain, and there's a Wolverine switchback, and then you go back up on the the plateau, 
and there's a place called Kepp's Crossing. Now, to get you know, you can actually get to Kepp's Crossing without going through uh, Taylor and across Wolverine. If you just come down off the off the main road and go up, you know, the, well, it's Kepp's Crossing. That, that that's the, the road's name. And there's the, the actual area up up top is Kepp's Crossing, but the road itself is still called Kepp's Crossing. But uh, me and uh, me and a ex friend of mine, because you know friends after a while they will end up stabbing you in the back. But an ex friend of mine and my stepdad, who's uh, now dead, we were just riding around because it's beautiful scenery up there. When you when you get up to the top and you ride around all the areas and switch back and other places, and you know you can see all kind of wildlife and things. And we'd been up there riding around for a while, and we were coming uh, coming back down, and we were coming back down the road that actually gets onto the uh, the road that's they, everybody knows is Kepp's Crossing. And Jared, uh, my friend at the time, kept looking up in the rearview mirror, and he was just wide eyed, and I'm like, "The hell? What's wrong with you?" I said, did, did you been smoking something I didn't know about, or did you, you know, sneak a drink and I didn't know about it? What's going on? Because I was sitting in, he had a king cab, and I was sitting in the back seat. My stepdad was sitting up front. And he's like, there's something following us. I was like, dude, it's probably a moose. I, I mean, I wasn't thinking here or there about, you know, Sasquatch being that close to the city. And, you know, especially here. But I, I now know they are. But. And he kept looking, and then my stepdad started looking in the in the side mirror, and he said, "Whatever that is, it's running right alongside the bed." Now I'm thinking up there on the up on the plateau, there's a lot of cattle. There's you know elk, there's you know uh, an occasional moose. So that's the first thing I'm thinking. And then and then something slammed into the side of the truck, and the truck just kind of slid sideways on the dirt road. I'm like, wait a minute, that ain't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, a moose could do that, but the first thing that would make contact with the vehicle would be its antlers, because normally, when a moose normally, you know, uh, nudges something, it'll nudge it with its antlers. Well, there was no in, antler impact, and then I thought, well, no, if it wasn't, a, if it wasn't a moose, maybe it was a cow, and I, and I looked back over my shoulder, and I didn't see anything. And if it was a cow, the cow would still be there, and. For, for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out. So Jared finally stops. He was rattled. He's seen it. My stepdad, my stepdad, his name was Danny. Danny's seen it. And so Jared stops the truck. He gets out to the right side, and something passed. Here, we call ditches and the, the medians in the middle of the road, in the middle of the highways, borrow pits. And something ran down the, the left side of the truck past Jared in the borrow pit. And I and I've seen a flash of it then, but you really couldn't see it because I mean, when it gets when it's dark up there, it's dark. There are no street lights. If the moon ain't out, you're not seeing your hand. <clears throat> it is dark, dark. And it ran past, and and the only thing you could really see was just a wisp of hair or fur at that point in time, as it you know hauled ass down the borrow pit. And Jared, being Jared, jumps out of the truck. And starts running after it. And my stepdad got out of the truck, and I got out of the truck. You know, well, I, I smoked, you know, pretty heavily back then, and we all lit up. And uh, I'm sitting there smoking, and my, and my stepdad's smoking, and 
he looked up. He was kept looking over my right shoulder, and I said, "What are you looking at?" And he said, "Well, turn around." And I turned around, and and you know, in the tail lights, you could see something going from right to left over the road from the borrow pit to the to the side of the mountain, just back and forth, back and forth. Didn't really think much of it. Still thinking it was a cow. Because there, when I say there's a lot of cows, there's a lot of cows. You run over cattle guards every three or four miles. But, and then Jerry comes running back, you know, hollering, get in the truck, get in the truck, get in the truck. It's right behind me. So we all jump in the truck, and we're just sitting there. And he's got the the, the, the bed light on. The headlights are on bright. You never, we never seen anything come up from the front. And then there was a, a smack on, on the tailgate of the truck. And I turned around, and he stepped on the, on the brake and lit up the taillights. And there it stood. Had both hands just gripped onto the tailgate, mm. and I was like, mm. "I've seen, I've seen a couple. Well, I've seen several of them at a distance, you know, live. But I've seen, you know, a couple of them dead up close. I don't want to be on the receiving end of this. Can we go now?" <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so he, he, you know, he put it in drive and went to take off. And we didn't go anywhere for a minute. Tires were spinning. We weren't moving. And the the kind of truck that he had, it was a uh, 2006, seven Dodge Ram. So I mean, he, he had some engine to it. Yeah. And he had it, he had it floored, and the back, the back tires were going. We just weren't going anywhere. And he let off the gas, put it in reverse, slammed on the gas, bumped into this thing which, you know, knocked its grip loose, threw it back in drive, and down the hill we went. Now, you can't really go really fast on those roads. I mean, you can go 35, 40 miles an hour. If you go any higher than that, you chance spinning out and off the side of the cliff you go. Yep. So, you know, I don't think we were going too fast, but he was still hauling, you know, ass down the road. So, we're you know, we're going down the road at a nice clip, and something bumps into the side of the bed again. Well, this time I knew it wasn't a cow. I knew it wasn't elk. I knew it wasn't a moose. And I told him, I was like, can you hug the mountain a little bit? And he's like, why? I said, just in case you fishtail, I don't want to have to, you know, go rolling down the side of a cliff. Right. Well, I don't want to hit the mountain either because it dipped down off the road. I was like, just hug the mountain. Don't don't get off the road, but just hug it. And when we hit blacktop, he stopped. And the moon had come out from behind the clouds. And there were three of them standing on that damn road. Mm-hmm. I told him, I said, and I asked him, you know, I asked him as we were, you know, driving back into town, I said, why did you chase that thing? <laughs> now that I know what it was, why did you chase that thing? Dude, yeah. you didn't do anything but piss it off. <laughs> mm. Now, as far as the facial features out here, they have uh, more of a, you know, a nose, nose. Okay. And the hair's thicker. It's not, it's still not fur, you know. It's still not where you can't see through it, but it's thicker, and it looks more animal in the face. And by animal, you know, I don't mean a snout or anything like that. It's just it, it just has that that look of um, natural predator. Yep. Uh, it, now the the ones on the east coast that, that I've seen, you know, the couple the, the couple that, that I did. Now, I'm not talking North Carolina East Coast. I just mean the East Coast. 
uh, the, the couple on the East Coast that, that I have seen out there, they had more of a, you know, the, a human, human-like face to where you look, you look into their eyes and you could almost see, you know, a, a little bit of compassion that they have that. Right. But the ones I hear, they don't have, they don't have that. They, you, you look them in the face and it's like you, you look at the face and then you look immediately to the ground. Mm, something more feral, right? Yeah, that, that's the word I was looking for. More, more feral. Hmm. But yeah, no, no. Can we leave now? <laughs> yeah, no kid. Uh, and body size comparatively, are they? I would imagine they're a little beefier up that way. It gets a lot colder up there. And uh, oh yeah, the, 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 they're they're not built like a distance runner. They're, they're built more like a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's thick at the legs, thick at the waist, thick at the chest, thick at the arms. The hands are like frying pans. So, mm. I mean, you you can basically look at uh, say like uh, Big Show from uh, WWE wrestling, right? Right. Look at yeah. him and and just imagine him two sizes bigger. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that. I take it back. I mean, that's a large man, but. These things are a little bit larger. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, it's like humans. You know, they come in smaller sizes. Right. There's some smaller. There's some smaller ones. Uh, you know, the, the, the children, and then, of course, just like you know, as humans, some every I don't know however many thousands of people that are born, there's a uh, you know the dwarfism. Well, that hits them too. I mean, I, I haven't seen that personally, but I have. I've had people you know come to me and give me reports. Of mm-hmm. seeing a gray, you know, well, it was uh, dark brown, almost black, but you could see the gray in it, so it was an older one. And so the thing only stood three feet. You know, I've heard somebody talk about that too. It was three or four feet tall, you know, like up to the car door, like up to the window. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I can I can tell you something else that uh, happened back in Carolina when I uh, when North, uh, North Carolina it was uh, Brown Mountain. I was about twelve years, no, twelve or fourteen. <clears throat> and at that point in time, I was staying with my uncle John. You know, God rest his soul. He's long since passed away now, but he was a real cool dude. <clears throat> but uh, I was staying with him for the winter. Uh, I don't know what I don't remember what was going on with my mom and dad. That that's about the time that they were you know fighting and going on. And my my aunt and uncle just didn't want me you know in the middle of it. They didn't he didn't want, they didn't want me seeing what was going on. So I stayed with them for the winter. And me and my uncle John went hunting all the time. Now when I tell you when I tell you this, and when your listeners hear this, they're gonna their immediate thought is going to be that's impossible. He didn't see that. He's making that up because that it's it's extraordinary. I'm just I'm, I'm putting that out there now because I know what they're going to say. That's all right. But, but it, it happens, and if my uncle John was still alive, we would have proof. If I could talk to my cousin Katie and get, if she would actually talk to me because she turned into a type of person that's a little bit less than than to be desired just her attitude, but if I get her to talk to me and get his camera, well, his, 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 uh, the film that he took in that camera, I'd email you the pictures, because he filmed this when he took pictures. 
Really? Because he was taking pictures the entire the, the entire you know, on the entire hunt, right? And when and when a deer crossed between us and it, he was still taking pictures. He was following the deer. So he got pictures of of, of it and what happened. There is proof out there. I just I got to be able to get the pictures. Man. <clears throat> so we went hunting, and we were way up on Brown Mountain. <clears throat> on four wheelers, and we got to a point to where we actually had to leave the four wheelers and go on foot, and we were hunting uh, hunting whitetail, and my uncle John had shot one, and we started tracking it, you know, tracking it by the blood trail, and we tracked it up to a to, to a point, and we seen it laying down, and it still had its head up, you know, it was dying, of course. And my Uncle John said, well, just go up there, get within a couple of feet, and, you know, put it out of its misery. So that's what I was going to do. And <clears throat> I left the snowpack and got on, got, got up, there's a little bit of grass and some rock. I, I left the snowpack and, and got up to that point, and this thing stepped out of the woods. And my first thought was, put your gun down, <clears throat> put the gun down. Don't look it in the face. You know, it. I had heard stories up to that point. Don't look it in the face. You know, it's, it's a sign of aggression. It just you know, from people in town. So you know, I, I laid my gun. I laid my gun down. So it was a thirty out six. I laid it down, and you know, I, I was looking at the ground, but I was kind of looking up. You know, on the, through the tops of my glasses, so I could see movement. And I see it walk toward the deer, picked up the deer, and just picked it up. Threw it up on its shoulder like you were throwing a, a sack of fertilizer on your shoulder. Just that, just one smooth motion. And I look over to my right, and I keep hearing click, 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 click. And my Uncle John's sitting there, and he's taking pictures. Mm. But he's still got his gun in his hand. And he's, he's taking pictures with one hand, and he's pointing with the other hand. I said, put it down, put it down, put it down, put it down. <laughs> he's like, why? I said, just put it down. The camera or the gun? I said, the, the gun. I don't think it cares about the camera because it was just staring at him intently. So he lays his gun down, and it wasn't out of fear of anything, but I just, I knelt down on my, you know, on my knees. Well, on my knees and you know, my coveralls and everything, on, on the uh, snow, well, a little bit of the snow that was there. And I told my Uncle John, I said, just kneel down. He's like, you know, he he had heard the stories that my that my dad had told and stuff, and he asked me. He said, "You ever had one charge you?" And I was like, "Yeah, but we were in the house." And I, I said, I've, "I've never heard of any up to that point. I've never heard of anybody being charged." And so he kneels down, and this thing looks at us. Now, remember when I said, you know, compassion in the eyes if they have it. Right. This thing looked at us, and. You could almost see the facial expression change from, you know, we interrupting it stealing our, you know, our kill, or we interrupted its hunt when we shot that deer and the deer ran through, to what's really, you know, the, the, you know, the facial expression was more of a what's going on. And it looked at us, it took the deer off its shoulder and laid it on the ground, not near us, it's still at its feet. But it would look at us, look at the deer, look at us, look at the deer. And then it grabbed the deer at its back the, the same way it did when it threw it up on its shoulder with two hands, picked it up in front of it, 
and you could see it tightening, tightening the grip on the spine and rip the damn deer in half. Threw the, 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 the half of the head at us and carried the other half off into the woods. And we never saw it again. Wow. It's like, and we, and, and, and you know, up until my Uncle John died, we talked about it, and we came to the conclusion that it knew that we killed the deer, but it, you know, and it was hungry. It was going to take the deer, but at the same time, it knew that we were probably hungry too because we killed the deer. Right. It's like it was sharing the damn deer. Yeah. Now, like I said, your listeners are going to hear that, and they're going, oh, that's not possible. That didn't happen, <laughs> yada, 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 yada. And like I said, if I can get Katie to give me those damn pictures, I will email them to you. You can post them on your site. I don't care. Oh, there hour. are pictures. Are, there are pictures. I have seen these. It's like, you know, there was several different snaps, 35-millimeter camera, right? Several yeah. different snaps in a row of him picking it up and ripping it apart. And I and I think I think after he ripped it apart, I think that's actually when the camera ran out of film because there's no other pictures after that. But it but but the but the photos are not blurry. They're not it's not a blob squash. You know it's it's not this blurry image with a deer sticking out in front of it or anything anything like that. You know it's it's what it is. What an experience, man. That's that's a blessing. Okay, that that one I wouldn't mind having that experience. That's a blessing. I wonder what what came over you to make you kneel, out of, out of, like out of reverence like that, or I have no clue. It's just something in the back of my mind. Now, and then other people who listen to listen to this are gonna are gonna lean the other direction and go, it was mind speak that made him kneel. Okay, I believe in that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's a fine line extent. Right. <clears throat> a lot of uh, our elders would talk about how if you came in, if you ever came in contact with them or had an encounter with them, to just remain calm, and you know, you wouldn't be a threat. And and one of the elders actually talked about one of the experiences that he had, that it was you know, acting real aggressive, you know, just it, it would walk a few steps forward and, and growl and back off and walk a few steps forward and growl and back off. And he said that he did the same thing that he had learned to do with, uh, he had actually been in the military and he was, uh, it wasn't the military. It was, uh, oh, what was it? Like a French foreign legion. And they were stationed in Africa. And he said that he had a water buffalo come up to him, and he knelt down on the ground and put his hands on the ground and knelt and knelt his head down, and the buffalo walked up and sniffed the back of his head, turned Ooh. around and walked off. Yeah. That so, was... so, you know, being told that story, that may have been one of the, you know, it may have just been playing in the back of my mind to do that, or, you yeah. know, it could have been that fine line of, not so much it telling me, you know, psychopathically or whatever to kneel, but more of you know, just the presence of I'm way larger than you. I can hurt you very easily. The best thing you can do is to be as calm as possible. Right. I mean, 
not like I was trying to show, you know, show it had dominance over me, but, you know, right. a, a, lot, a lot of wolves will do that to the pack leader. They'll actually kneel. Yep. Yep, they'll, they'll lay down. Right. So I wasn't, uh, you know, top of the food chain at that point. Maybe that's what it was, man. Maybe that's because it doesn't sound like it was intimidated at all. You know? It, oh, it wasn't. It saw you, it saw the deer, and it said, you know, that's mine. <laughs> but well, man, that's a great experience. <clears throat> and then there's uh the one that uh I do set by the campfire by myself now. When we go to family reunion, I'll set out with the fire sometimes with other people and sometimes by myself on the last night to you know put it out for the last time. <clears throat> but I actually stopped doing that for a long time. I was actually, me and my dad had actually went, huh? But me and my dad was, uh, when I went to, you know, after him and my mom split, he moved to Pennsylvania and married married his new wife and stuff. And I had gone to stay the summer with them. And he'd he'd been wanting to go to the Poconos. I mean, that's all he talked about. And he's a long-haul truck driver, so he had to wait until he actually had time off. And he finally got a, a week off. He told him, he said, look, I'm going camping with my son. That's just the end of it. I've, I've missed a lot of his life. He's here for the summer. We're going camping. So we went camping. And we, get, and we went up to, went into the Poconos, and he paid for a spot way back, way back in the woods. And we could only drive to the trailhead, and then we had to hike the rest of the way in. And he was talking about the whole way up there that, uh, well, he lives in Pennsylvania. We lived in uh, in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, he did, and I was staying there. But uh, he kept saying that he'd forgotten something. Couldn't remember what it was, but he just had a feeling he forgot something. So we get there and we get you know get the the truck unloaded and everything, and because we actually had to take his big rig because he did uh, the, the personal car he had to leave at home for uh, Jackie and her mom and dad. So, you know, we parked the big rig at the, tra- at the trailhead, and, we're, and we unload the truck, pack everything in. Took us a couple of trips back and forth. And then, you know, he looks finally looks at me. He goes, I remember what I forgot. And I said, what? He said, I forgot to bring my rifle. Oh, that, that that's nice. You got us out, you know, in, in the wilderness, in the woods, with all kind of animals and stuff around here. <laughs> you forget to bring the rifle. Right. He's like, he's like, will you be okay to sit here while I drive back, drive back to Scranton? I mean, it, it wasn't really, you know, it was only like a couple of no, no, an hour, a couple of hours. I'm talking about an hour or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'll be fine, you know. I'll, I'll keep the fire going. Everything will be all right. So I thought. And then I'm sitting there, and about half an hour has gone by. You know, I, I'm, I'm still underage at that point in time, but there's beer there in the cooler, and he's not there. And me, me knowing him, how he gets when he when he starts drinking, he's not going to remember how many beers is in the cooler. So I <laughs> grab one, crack it up, you know, sitting there drinking the drinking the beer, sitting by the fire. It was nice and warm. I mean, it, it was fairly warm outside, but there was still still a, a pretty cool breeze. And I was just sitting there, and I started hearing movement behind me. The life on me, I couldn't figure out what it was. You know. I had that thought in the back of my mind, oh, please, God, don't let it be, because it's behind me. Mm-hmm. 
and then, and then uh, you know, and, and then I heard a little bit of chatter, and I realized, and I realized that particular movement I heard were a couple of squirrels, or I thought it was a couple of squirrels, and I just kept sitting there and sitting there, and and you know, about ten twenty minutes would go by, and then you'd hear brush moving, underbrush, and then nothing, and it was just quiet, and calm, and serene, and then I got, a, and, and then I felt this hot air on the back of my neck. I never turned around. I didn't look back to see if, you know, I had stepped into the fire. I didn't look back to see if I'd knocked logs out on the grass. I didn't look back. I left everything there, everything, 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 radio, you you name it, anything of any value. I got up off the seat that I was sitting on, and I moved at at the speed of light from that campsite to the trailhead and then walked out into the middle of the road. I don't blame you. <laughs> I, don't I was taking you. no chances. No, sir. Yeah, to feel something, you're out, you're out there alone and feel something breathing on the back of your neck? No. No, I wouldn't stick around for that either. Well, uh, Bo, i got to put you on hold just for one second. Oh, yeah, yeah go I'm ahead. Fine. To be continued. Don't you love a cliffhanger? Hey, guys, thanks for listening this week. We will finish up with Will next week for the season finale of the Bump Podcast. Um, Season two will be so much better as far as sound quality goes um, pretty consistently. I've got new episodes coming up. i got my new microphone, webcam. We're going to kick it in the next gear. I'm starting a YouTube channel. Um, I got the first episode ready to drop already. I'm, I'm really excited about it. So things are going to get better. So thank you for being with me. Thanks for helping this show grow. Um, you can keep doing that by giving me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, go to my website, thebumppodcast.com. Um, you can listen to all episodes from there. There's also, when you click on the episode that you want to listen to, it'll take you to anchor.fm. And that's where all my, my shows you know, are based out of. That's, that's my platform. Well, on that site, there is a listener support button um, for, for membership. For like $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever amount you want to give. Any support, all support, very appreciated. Uh, also, if you go to the, the website... At the bottom of the home page, there is a merchandise section, and they'll have links there to Redbubble and Teespring. Check out all the different uh, designs I have set up. I've done everything myself. Uh, I made the website myself through Squarespace. I did all the designs for the T-shirts, the cover art that you get to see for each episode on the website. Um, I'm putting a lot of work into this. I want to make it the best I can for you guys. Uh, I'm not the best. So don't judge me too hard. You know what I mean? This is, it's just for fun. Uh, social media. If you want to get on social media and check it out, I got some extra content every once in a while on there. Uh, I like to post some little jokes, some memes, whatever. I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Parler, Twitter. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it, I think. But that's, that's pretty much everything. Um, I just want to thank you guys for all the support. Tune in next week. Uh, well, I'll wrap things up with Will. He's going to go into detail 
next week about the episode that he did on Wes Germer Sasquatch Chronicles, episode 499. This is the same guy. Uh, he said he caught some flack last time. Um, people thought they found some discrepancies in his story. So when we go into it next week, he goes step by step, very detailed. I ask questions. He has answers. He talks about everything that happened um, when he had to go on a recovery uh, mission for somebody that uh, they found one piece at a time. It's a pretty dark story, so listener be warned. This might not be one for the young ones. might not be one for uh, super sensitive viewers, listeners. But anyway, I'll let you go. Thanks again. I love you all. Have a great day.